Hey guys, I'm Jordan Rodrigue, Carolina Panthers beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer, and this is 3 and Out, where I'll bring you the latest in Panthers football, special guests, and analysis all season long. Let's get started. All right, I'm sitting here with my colleague, cohort, partner in crime, Joe Person. We are staring out over an empty midnight Bank of America Stadium where the Carolina Panthers just played their first preseason game against Houston, won 27-17, and we want to break it down for you a little bit. So I guess we start with the the first few series, Joe. Um, A couple starters were – all the starters minus Cam Newton were in. Mm -hmm. And um, I I think I want to start with the offensive line because I thought they looked pretty solid. They weren't going up against, you know, a few pansies on that Houston defensive line. They have some star names on that line, and and I really want to talk about – Matt Khalil's performance. He was in two series against Jadavian Clowney. Thought he stood him up pretty well. I thought he did really well. DA, you know, was DA. He was kind of solid in the pocket, like mm-hmm. he is. And and he didn't look like he was frazzled. He wasn't hurried. Didn't take a sack. Um, and, and I think Matt Khalil did a nice job. And I think there's been a lot of scrutiny on him to be that guy. And obviously we'll need a larger body of work at this point mm-hmm. to really know. But, but holding your own against Jadavian Clowney, it's not a bad thing to start out with. No, I, I agree. I, that was my biggest takeaway from the first-team offense, and then I know we're going to get to Demir Bird in a minute. But for Matt Khalil, again, very small sample size. Uh, Clowney was only lined up against him in the first series. Then J.J. Watt came out of the game. And, by the way, Daryl Williams played pretty well against J.J. Watt mm-hmm. for the one series. Uh but um, so Clowney shifts over in the second series and went against Daryl Williams. So it was actually a good night for both the offensive tackles. Very good start for these guys. And you, I don't need to tell you how much that position was was just a uh, kind of revolving door last year because of injuries, primarily to uh, Michael Orr, and then uh, Daryl Williams later got hurt. So a very good start for uh, some tackles who are going to have a lot bigger and uh, maybe not bigger tests to come but longer tests than one or two series yeah absolutely the conditioning at this point I think is is the next thing that we look for and can they sustain that type of play for obviously a much longer time you know they're in a tough spot because they they really can't play those guys the whole game in a preseason obviously but and but they need that both of those guys to shake a little rust off I mean Daryl had a couple issues last year I think with his ankle or his foot, one of them, and then Matt obviously missed the whole year because he was recovering from from hip surgery. Yep. So, and I spoke with him afterward in the locker room, and he just seemed really pleased with the way that he and the rest of the line performed. But he also knew that they were going to go in and watch film and kind of be picked apart by John Matsko tomorrow morning. So I thought yeah, that was kind of funny. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, uh, let's just jump right in to, and talk about Demir Bird. Oh yeah. Because you and I had an interesting discussion during the game where we're looking at each other after watching his four-catch, 98-yard, two-touchdown night and saying, he's a lock on this roster. Uh, He's really, right now, the only deep threat they have with Curtis Samuel. And even when Samuel gets healthy, I, I mean, Demir Bird has proven he deserves a spot. He, he's, he, he had to bide his time for a couple years on the practice squad. 
Ricky Prohl, the former wide receiver coach, always really liked Bird. Was a, kind of stood in his corner, so they kept him around, kept him around, and then good for Demir Bird. He goes out there tonight. <laughs> former Gamecock gets the best of. Uh, of course, they weren't going against each other, but he really sort of, in a way, outshone, De- 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 outshined Deshaun Watson tonight. Yeah, I think that's true. It was interesting because there was a lot of Clemson fans here tonight. Panthers fans, if you were here, you saw them firsthand when Deshaun Watson scored his his um, running touchdown rushing touchdown the the crowd was so loud you would have think the Panthers scored and then the Panthers fans kind of caught up and started booing which was really interesting it was really funny it was kind of his, so Joe and I went through and we were looking at the rosters and we saw that there were uh, 12 Carolinas players on on um, and I almost called them Clemson on Houston's <laughs> roster and there are five Clemson players on that roster obviously Carolina has Ben Bolware, who everyone knows, but these guys, you know, they, they have some tenured Clemson players over there, which I thought was really interesting. Then the Gamecock scored more than the yeah, scored yeah, more than the, the Clemson guy. Yeah, one guy scored, you know, and obviously these this is just this is just pull, grasping at straws it, here. But Demir Bird it's did fun. have a really nice night. He does look like he's already comfortable in that burner role that Ted Ginn Jr. left behind in free agency. And, you know, if the Panthers, I mean, there's now pretty much, as of tonight, like one roster spot that these receivers are kind of all fighting for. Barring injury, which we saw one tonight, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. for Brenton Burson. It didn't seem like it's going to be anything that sidelines him too terribly long. They announced that it was a bruised contusion. Uh, in his quad, so uh, yeah, it's it, gonna have a goose egg on his leg. That's like what we used to call Charlie horses. Yeah, back but back. we used to give them to each other when we were kids. Like <laughs> me and my sisters would always try to give each other Charlie horses. So I, I'm picturing this. Yeah, not great. But uh, the one injury we should, the other injury we should address is Vernon Butler. Yeah, the, the second year. Uh, former first-round pick, the defensive tackle, who has had a pretty solid camp, and he leaves very early in that game. I think it was the third series with a, we, we think, a knee injury. There was the the details of which were were pretty scant after the game from from Ron Rivera and and really the whole Panther staff. Mm-hmm. This, if if this is something where he has to miss any kind of time, you, you hate it for the for Vernon Butler. Remember. Missed five games last year that completely derailed his rookie season with a high ankle sprain. He was inactive later in the year for a sixth game. And, uh, you know, it, it certainly, and I know you you want to talk about this, it puts even more onus on uh, Star Latulale and makes his contract situation a little more interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Vernon's presence and his performance on the team is, is kind of a complex situation because obviously the Panthers don't want him to be hurt. He's incredibly pro- a promising athlete and player. They think he can play the three tech. They think he can rush the passer. They think he can do pretty much anything. They think he can stuff the run the way Star is really good at, but they also think that Vernon is one of those explosive players. They can put on special teams to block a kick like he did twice last year. They can they can put him pretty much anywhere yep. they want. He even played you know a five and a seven tech when he was in college. So it's interesting because this guy's an athlete, and there's a reason they picked him. You know, Dave Gettleman you know drafted him first overall pick uh, in 2016. But it's hard for him when he can't have a a positive trajectory because he's been sidelined so much. And then that does put a lot more of an emphasis on star in his contract year because obviously i mean it's just business sense to want to pay keep paying the rookie over paying star this big defensive tackle contract 
but they might have to if, if Vernon's injury turns out to be serious. And th- and that's nothing against Star. He's a he's a great player, but he would save them a ton of money. Right. Yeah. And and let's not rush to judgment on the injury. But right. it, it it didn't look great. I mean, it was it was sort of a cut block, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if we had a chance to talk to Vernon, I was going to ask him if he he showed a lot of motion after that play. Yeah. I think. I, I think it was because he was just upset he was hurt, but I, I was curious if he thought it was kind of a, a cheap or a borderline uh, block that yeah. had been put on him. But yeah, I, lo- I watched the replay, and it looked very borderline okay. is all I'll say about that. But we'll have to wait till they, they make some so sort of So we've hit offense. We've hit defense. Let's let's wrap up with uh, the special teams. And yeah. We got kind of the, the kicking battle got a little more the interesting The kicking tonight. battle got great because – the, the first Panthers opportunity to score was a Graham Gano 50-yard field goal attempt, and he doinked it off the left goal post. And I think it, you know, it brought back horrible memories for the for the rest of the Panthers special teams unit and the the fans in, in the audience. I think kind of all had a collective chill run through them. But then, let me interrupt you real quick. It was the precise, like the scenario at, from Denver last year. And yeah, I know that was I wasn't before, there, right yeah. before. <laughs> 50 yards. Uh, now, it wasn't against the defending Super Bowl champions in a Super Bowl 50 rematch. I, I grant you that. 50 yards, doinks it off the left upright. Yeah, not a, not a great way to open if you're Graham Gano. Um, he did make a 45-yarder after that. But then... At the <laughs> near the end of the game, and like almost to the, you know five minutes fifty five seconds or so left in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and the Panthers are again staring at a fifty one yard field goal in the same toward the same mm-hmm. side of the field, and they throw the rookie out there, and he nails it. So I'd say he we did. I'd say our kicking competition heated up a little. I bit. I agree, and uh, you and I, I think both agree that coming into tonight. Gano was a clear leader in that competition mm-hmm. just based on what he'd done at camp. He'd been more consistent. I think he'd, his ball striking had been better than Buckers. But uh, but we may have a competition now for sure. And, uh, and not not saying that there's any big clear leader. I just I, I, Frankly, I'd probably still put, despite the miss, I'd probably still put Gano slightly ahead. Yeah. But it's on now, as you so uh, appropriately tweeted. Yes, I, all caps on that one, by the way. <laughs> but also, I do want to mention real quick, because I have him on the podcast coming up here next, Kalen Clay showed some nice mm-hmm. flash in the punt return. He and did. I know that, you know, I know Christian McCaffrey's their go to guy at punt returner, but they need a, a backup plan. They need some contingency for when teams stop kicking the ball in his direction. <laughs> so, and Kalen Clay showed a lot of promise. There was his, he got taken out on a cheap hit. Uh, his second attempt, his second chance at, at being the punt returner, drew a flag, 15 yard penalty. But the first one was a nice, 20-yard or so return on a 49-yard punt that had a lot of hang time on it, and he kind of just wouldn't go down. He was fast. He found gaps, and he just really he he's went, he stiff arm. He threw the stiff arm. Your guy Kalen's growing on me a little bit. He he's got some juice about him. Like, he he's pretty sudden in his movements. He he gets going quickly, and he gets up field quickly. He's not doing a lot of dancing. So I he I think he might have opened some eyes tonight. Still, I've you know a long shot oh, yeah. to make this Definite team. But you know shot. what? He's 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 in the conversation somewhere. And that speed, uh, he had a reception later on in the game. That speed is not to be overlooked. But definite long shot. But he's coming up next, so I'm looking forward to you guys hearing what he has to say. 
And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. That was a, that's a great wrap for a, a great preseason game and a beautiful night in Charlotte. Awesome. Let's go get some sleep. Thanks again to Joe Person for joining me for that post-game analysis on Wednesday night. It was very late, and so I thank you for taking the time to do that. And I wanted to just give you guys an interview that I had with uh, underdog receiver Kalen Clay um, last week at training camp. Kalen is – his journey has been a long one. It's been full of, of bumps and bruises. He had a tumultuous career from a junior college transfer into Utah – he um, had a really awkwardly viral moment while he was at Utah, which he gets into. Um, he actually has this really fresh perspective about what happened to him when he was in college. But he finished the season as an all-conference receiver and an all-American returner, which is one of the things the Panthers like about him is his ability to maximize in the return game. That was something he kind of showed flashes of on Wednesday night. I think he's a really exciting prospect. Regardless if there's room or not for him on this Panthers roster, as these receivers seem to be fighting over one spot now after Demir Bird's performance last night. Regardless of that, Kalen Clay, I think, could be an impactful player. If it's not on the Panthers, it could be somewhere else. And he kind of addresses that as well. He kind of is very realistic about his chances with the team, but also is confident in the fact that he has a skill set that would be desirable to an NFL team. Um, he's been bouncing around the league for the last three years and, and was with Baltimore most recently, but fractured his foot and had to finish the year on injured reserve. So now he's back to full health, and you can definitely tell he's got that speed back. Um, made a couple big plays last night. And uh, without further ado, here's Kalen Clay. So I'm sitting here with Kalen Clay. Kalen, you made a pretty big play today in the end zone. Can you tell me what you saw in that? Uh, you know, I seen that they were in cover too, and uh, you know, we we work on that. We practice uh, reading the whole shot. So once I seen him in cover too, I just tried to get into the hole between the safety and the corner, and you know, the quarterback delivered a good ball, and you know, he got to catch it at the highest point. You know, I was I was able to come down with the ball and you know, make a good play. Kalen, I think that I mean you're one of these many guys that the Panthers brought in because, as you probably saw last year, they really needed an infusion of speed, guys that could be vertical threats as well as threats underneath. You're one of those guys, and I, like I told you before, I followed your college career. You're definitely one of those guys in college. What does your game lend to this offense? Uh, you know, obviously a deep threat, but uh, you know, I, just, I, I bring a lot of versatility on special teams, uh, offense. You know, I can do a whole lot of things, but mainly, you know, taking the top off of the defense and you know, getting other guys open. You know, whatever I can do to help the team win. Uh, but my speed is definitely one of those things that, that can help the team. It's a really competitive group that you're with right now, and, and obviously. At the top, you know, you see KB mm-hmm. and Funch and then Russell. And then there's a giant group of you guys <laughs> that's trying to grab those last three. Yeah. I think they're going to keep six, so those last three spots. Mm-hmm. So how does one go about even, first of all, separating himself while also immersing himself in the playbook, while also vibing with his teammate <laughs> and getting a rhythm in the quarterback? Just yeah, take me through your process. Uh, you know, you, you try not to worry about those things. I'm going on my third year, so mm-hmm. now for me it's more just on focusing on you know going out there and making plays and you know not letting not letting anything control uh, my destiny and just me going out there and playing. So you know whether it's you know the fourth receiver, the third receiver, the sixth receiver, wherever it is, you know you just gotta you just gotta go out there and you just gotta play uh, play confident, play fast, and you know everything will work out for itself. You know a lot of a lot of times. Guys tend to just think that, you know, 
we're practicing for, you know, one team. But, you know, there's 31 other teams. So a lot of this film gets shared with, with around the whole league. So that's what I just try to do. I just try to go out there, play fast, play physical, play smart, and uh, hopefully the coaches notice it. And the first week of camp, it's, it's all about trying to just get it, get into yeah. a rhythm and not die in the heat, obviously. Yeah. But when you start to break away, like the last few days especially, you've started to break away a little bit. So keeping that forward momentum, Kurt Coleman was just in there talking about how guys get in their own heads and pl football players overthink things all the time. How do you not do that? How do you avoid doing that to make sure you keep that rhythm? Uh, stay out of the blogs. You know, that's the one thing. Guilty. You know, don't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, know, you for that. Don't know. listen to him. Read my, read my stuff, Charlotte Observer. <laughs> you know, you just, you, you try to just stay, stay, stay in your little circle. Stay, stay to yourself. Not to yourself, but you know, do the right things, you know, don't don't listen to the outside fans, you know, it's okay to, you know, to get cheers and, you know, to talk to fans and, you know, tell them, congratulate them or they congratulate you, but, uh, you know, just keep working, you got to keep working, this, this league is all about improving, so every day you got to improve, every day you got to do something different, and that, that's just what I try to do every day, is just to improve and get better than I was the day before, and, you know, the last couple of days has been working for me. You have had to go through this though before, yes. but not not just in a training camp. You've mm -hmm. had to go through blocking out a whole bunch of chatter before. Yeah. And I guess for people that aren't familiar, take me through what I assume was not the, your favorite moment in college. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. ever since then you've been yeah. on kind of a redemption tour, honestly. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know that's that's one of those things. It, it's in the past, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it happens, um, but every now and then, you know, I go back and I. I watch it, you know, just just to humble yourself. Yeah. You know, you can't get too high, you can't get too low. Our coach, Coach Shula, always tells us that: don't get too high, don't get too low. Be the same guy that you were the day before. And so, you know, those things I don't even I don't even listen to them anymore. Um, when I'm having, when I, I don't even listen to them. You know, I just try to just keep going and just trying to be myself. Mm -hmm. So I guess for people that, that don't know, Kalen had a really excellent career at Utah. There was one moment against Oregon. <laughs> yeah. And if you can, you tell, yeah, just I, tell him. I, I'd rather you tell him oh, than yeah, me. No. Yeah. So. It was just you know we yeah. have that was you know that was crazy because that was actually one of my favorite plays in the playbook. You, you know? had a great yeah you had a great play. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of our great plays. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite plays in the playbook. You know, just, you know call the ball. It didn't cross the goal line with the ball. And, uh, you know, they ran it back from 99. They ended up beating us badly. That was the momentum shift. That was the momentum shift. But, you know, like I said, you just got to forget about it and then uh, just go on to the next play. And, you know, you just got to keep you just gotta keep doing that. You know, forget about the bad plays and go on to the next mm -hmm. plays because you never know that next play can be, can be a game breaker or it can, it can just change the momentum of the game. But that play changed the whole momentum and flipped the game all the way around. But, uh, you know, those things happen. You, just, you can't beat yourself in. So it's interesting because like, more so in the NFL than there's peaks and valleys. In college, you're with your brothers all the time. You know everybody for three, four years. You're recruited with these same guys. You've developed this really special relationship. And a lot of that is, a, is you know, it's hard work, but a lot of it's a high when you're with a team yeah. like that. But now when, when you're in the NFL, you have to go through peaks and valleys every single day. And then you just never know in your position what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Was it, looking back on, on everything, 
everything that you went through in college, is that was that kind of a, a really good prepper for you? Um, actually, yeah, it was because I actually, um, you know, I've been going through a lot of ups and downs. I when I was at I went to Cal for two years and you know things didn't work out there and I went to junior college and I, you know I almost had football taken away when I was at junior college because you know didn't do the right things but. You know, you just got, like I said, you got to keep pushing, keep, you know, there, there's a, there's, you have to think there's something bigger at the end for you. So for me, it was just, you know, got to keep pushing. You know, you're going to have, you're going to have the highs, but you know, you're going to have the lows. And so for me, it was more so just, you know, sticking to the plan. I knew I could get, I knew I could get to this point in my career where, you know, I can play in the NFL and, you know, it showed. Um, but I just want to, I just want to keep that going and just show the coaches, um, whether it's here or wherever it is, that you know I belong in this league and I can play. Mm-hmm. And adding facets to your game, I mean, you were skilled. You were also skilled kick return, punt return yes, in college, and and so when you're now here trying to make sure you can show them what you can do, I mean, every every rep kind of kind of counts. Yeah, every, every rep counts. Uh, you know, you, you got to be in P's and Q's. You got to do everything right. It's, the little details lead to the to the big things, and so you try to just hone in on the little little things because you know you know you got to catch the ball, you know you have to run this way, but it's setting up blocks and little things that that keep you in this league and that you know get the big touchdowns and do all of those things, and so it's you just got it's a continuous continuous work. And I don't think people understand the magnitude. Like you're not only trying to prove yourself separate yourself from the pack as a receiver but you also are trying to separate yourself from the pack as a returner exactly. in another crowded group exactly yeah we and we we have we have a great group group of guys at a receiver group and at the return group so um, you know you can I, what i do is i take a little piece of everyone's game and i try to i try to implement it in my game like, like i know christian's a, he, he's excellent at tracking the ball on the points you know bird bird knows how to set up the returns so I, I try to just take little things from those guys and then just implement them in my game, and that makes all three of us, all of us better. The whole group it makes everyone better, and you know it makes the team better. So you, know, you could just, you know, our coach, Coach T Max, he always says borrow information, you know. But if you do something wrong, you're a repeat offender. So don't. So I'm just borrowing information from guys that that who, who does who do the things right, and I just try to implement them in my game so I can, you know, be a better player. What in your in your personal life, like who do, who do you play for? Why why is it so important to you to keep? Um, I'm having a daughter pretty soon. Congratulations! So, thank you. So uh, she's she's doing October. Man, all these so. guys in here <laughs> popping out kids recently. Damn, yeah, you guys so. are all in the same drinking the same water or something. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, coming into this training camp, I knew that you know I, that was my why, and uh, you know I'm, I'm going hard every day. I'm going I'm going extremely hard. Body's hurting, but I but I have a I have, I have something bigger, um, bigger than me, bigger than you know, a lot of things in my life right now. So I just want to give my baby girl the world. Uh, now I'm, I'm very excited, but that's that's one of that's the main reason why I come out here every day. And I play through the injuries and the hurt and the pain, just so you know she can see that her dad. <laughs> He did everything that he could to make her, to, so she got a good life, and you know, to see her dad on TV. Awesome! Thank you so much Thank for your time today, yeah, Kaylin. Awesome. I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks again to Kaylin Clay. Thanks to Joe Person, and thanks to you, the listener, for catching this episode of Three and Out.